1: Mama Mystery. I am your host, Kelly. And I am your
0: co-host, Austin.
1: And you guys, we have new mics.
0: And they're nice mics. They're Thanks so to good. all you Patreons.
1: Thank you so much. I mean, it's amazing how different these mics are than this our old ones. Great.
0: I'm excited to hear the final product.
1: I am too. And I hope that you guys notice it and can tell a difference. And even if you can't, that's fine. But I know some of you will. Um, Hopefully actually, we notice get some difference. sick reviews. <laughs> yeah. All right. So today is a big day. Kelly's
0: fired up. Mad. Oh,
1: man. I'm so freaking fired up. I'm madder than fish grease.
0: It's hotter than fish
1: grease. Whatever. I'm hot. I'm mad because I'm hot, and I'm hot because I'm mad. And <laughs> yes, it's because we're talking about Casey Anthony.
0: Yep, and I have. Speaking of hot and all that, I have a friend that thinks Casey Gosh. Anthony is super hot.
1: That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, and I'm judging your friend. I know your friend, and I'm judging.
0: He's a good dude, though, but I don't know what's up with that take.
1: That's it's debatable. Now that I know that,
0: it's a bad take.
1: Brian. Very bad. Yeah. But Casey Anthony, um, we've covered Casey Anthony, or I covered Casey Anthony way in the beginning um, before Austin came into the podcast picture. Um, and I just, I get so riled up because I think she actually is the one that kind of like kickstarted my passion for true crime. And I'm often asked what led me to the world of true crime. And we've talked about this before, um, because I grew up watching those inappropriate shows. And I think and by inappropriate shows, I'm talking like autopsy on HBO or Dateline or Unsolved Things mysteries.
0: that like 12-year-old kids should not be watching.
1: For sure. And I was probably like seven or eight years old when I was watching those. So even worse. But I think watching those things at a young age kind of desensitized me a little bit so that I could eventually talk about the these types of things without scaring the crap out of myself. But there was this one case that really, truly captivated me and sparked this obsession with true crime and it was the story of Casey Anthony and her daughter Kaylee. So when this all started, I was a student at KU, I was studying English, because uh, I love to write. And obviously, that's evidenced now that I have a podcast, but um, I was a student at KU when this story was catapulted to the spotlight and Nancy Grace showcased her every night as the top mom and I was obsessed. Eyes glued to the TV every night. Um, I I remember watching day after day, the jailhouse phone calls, the people parked out in front of her parents yard and how they would argue with all these people. I mean, it was insanity. Um, but what was it about this story that drew me in? And I've thought about that. Like, what is it that gets me so fired up?
0: She's such a bullshitter.
1: Yes. I think it was the blatant, confident lying that Casey was obviously spewing. And everyone watching knew what the truth was. Everyone has common sense. Or I would at least hope that they have some common sense when they're watching her.
0: Do you think out of all the listeners, there's any listeners that think that Casey Anthony is innocent?
1: I imagine if there are they're very very few
0: i thought you were gonna say an insult (laughs) i'd imagine if there are they're very very dumb (laughs) or uneducated or something
1: i'm not gonna say that um she's winking (laughs) just kidding but i definitely feel like It was just mind-boggling to watch this woman lie after lie after lie to her parents, police, the news, everybody. And I feel like it kind of reminded us all of someone that we've probably come across at some point that just lies to lie, just an over-exaggerator, an embellisher, someone who tells lies more often than they ever tell the truth and they get so caught up in their lies that it's easy for everyone else to wade through the bullshit that they are drowning in but they're so hellbent to keep swimming and it's confusing to watch which is why I think we become so consumed with the drama of it cuz it's like what are they going to come up with next and it's hard to keep it all straight And now, with this new documentary coming out on Peacock at the end of the month, Casey Anthony is getting yet another chance to spew more lies in a public forum. So Casey Anthony, Where the Truth Lies, is a documentary, I guess it's a Clever name. Yes, I I appreciate the name. Um, It's a three-part documentary series that is set to premiere on the streaming app Peacock on November 29th many like me are anxious to hear what she has to say now um, almost 14 years now after her daughter was murdered and she was found not guilty of the crime and I feel like um, there's this new generation of people on social media who might be unfamiliar with the case so if they watch it because they were just kids at the time that this was going on. If they watch it, I would hate for them to be manipulated by Casey Anthony. So here on Mama Mystery, I want to remind you all of the facts of this case based on evidence. I get the sense that Casey Anthony is hoping that this is like a chance for redemption, a chance to solicit pity from the public After they violently demonized her back in 2011, because if she says something happened to her, we just have to believe her. Right. I feel like that's sort of the culture we're in these days. And it's a slippery slope. Mm -hmm. But I am here with just as much passion as I had about this case in 2008 to make sure that that doesn't happen. Or at least I'm going to do my best to do my part. So, according to an article on People.com, in this documentary, Casey intends to place all the blame for Kaylee's death solely on her father, George Anthony. She accuses both her father and her brother, Lee, of sexually abusing her when she was young, and these are allegations that both men vehemently deny, And she also accuses George of staging Kaylee's death to look like a drowning accident in order to cover up that he was actually sexually abusing Kaylee. So in the documentary, she says that on June 16th of 2008, quote, I wasn't feeling great and I wanted to lay down. I had her lay in bed with me. I was awoken by my father shaking me and asking me where Kaylee was. That didn't make sense. She would never even leave my room without telling me. I immediately started looking around the house. I go outside, and I'm looking to see where she could be. He was standing there with her. She was soaking wet. He handed her to me, said it was my fault, that I caused it. But he didn't rush to call 911, and he wasn't trying to resuscitate her. I collapsed with her in my arms. She was heavy, and she was cold. He takes her from me and he immediately softens his tone and says, it's going to be okay. I wanted to believe him. He took her from me and he went away. End quote.
0: I got to interrupt you. Yes. Is Casey Anthony making money off of this?
1: I don't know because reports that I have seen don't, Don't say it. So I can assume she probably is making money off of this. And I have reason to suspect that because when the trial was going on, she sold photos of Kaylee, her daughter, to ABC for $200,000. No way. Yes. Before Kaylee was ever even found.
0: Oh, my god.
1: So I have reason to suspect that her character is probably just as shoddy as it was then and that she's probably making money off of this documentary, which is disappointing. But I'll continue. So that evening, she went to stay with her boyfriend at the time, Tony Lazaro. She never told Tony what happened or anyone for that matter. But she says that during the 31 days that followed, she believed Kaylee was alive. She says, quote, my father kept telling me she was okay. I had to keep following his instructions. He told me what to do. I tried to act as normal as I could. End quote. And I uh, immediately, all these questions just start popping into my head. Like she chastises him for not calling nine one one, but bitch, you didn't either. You Whoa. you could have. Like this is this is just the beginning. So during the trial, Casey's aunt, attorney Jose Baez argued that Kaylee accidentally drowned in the family swimming pool. And during closing arguments, he showed the jury a picture of little Kaylee opening the sliding glass door to the backyard by herself, implying that this was proof that Kaylee accidentally snuck into the pool and drowned. But during the documentary, Casey is asked if she believes that theory, the theory that literally won her defense, and she says no.
0: No way. So can any of this like open a trial back up? No.
1: It cannot. Because of double jeopardy, it cannot.
0: Double jeopardy?
1: Yeah, so it's you can't charge someone for the same crime twice.
0: What if she said right now that she did it? It wouldn't change anything? I don't think
1: it changes anything. Wow, okay. She says, quote, There was no ladder, no way for her to shimmy up. There's no way to explain that unless George put her in the pool to cover up what he did. End quote. So rather, Casey alleges that George likely suffocated Kaylee by putting a pillow over her face like he'd done to Casey many times as a child so that he could sexually abuse her. She believes George was abusing Kaylee and that he killed her to cover up what he had been doing. I don't believe this for even one iota of a second, and it absolutely blows my mind that she has the audacity to come out with yet another far-fetched, bullshit story. All this woman knows how to do is lie, Austin. Why on earth would any rational person believe anything she has to say when she has been caught over and over again lying to law enforcement, lying to her family, lying to literally anyone who will listen? So before this documentary airs, let me just remind you of her moral compass, her character, or complete lack thereof, And just exactly what happened to sweet two-year-old Kaylee Marie Anthony, because what ultimately gets lost in all of this are the facts of this case and who the real victim is. And it's not Casey Anthony, no matter how desperately she wants it to be. It's Kaylee. So this episode is going to be part one of a series on the murder of Kaylee Marie Anthony. And during part one this episode we are going to talk about the time leading up to june 16th of 2008 casey's past so casey was born march 16th of 1986 in warren ohio to parents george and cindy anthony george and cindy met when george was working as a police officer and cindy was working as a nurse George's dad had a car lot business, and Cindy persuaded George into working there. But tensions ran high, so high, with George and his dad that they ended up getting into a physical fight that ended with George pushing his father through a window. And I imagine it was like a, a, you know, not a window from up high. Like
0: Like a skyscraper.
1: No. I imagine it was like a normal car lot, you know, where the windows like go Mm -hmm. floor to ceiling. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's what I I picture anyway. But needless to say, he ends up getting fired. And so no charges were ever filed. But after that, George started his own car lot. And according to Cindy's brother, Rick, George had to get a second mortgage on their home to afford the business. But the business ultimately went under and they ended up losing their home. So George eventually started working for the Trumbull County Sheriff's Office as a homicide detective. Then they had Casey's brother Lee in 1982 and Casey 4 years later. So when Casey was 3 years old they moved to Orlando, Florida where Cindy continued working as a nurse and George worked in security. Growing up Casey was pretty smart but she was also known to lie about just odd things, little things for no reason, like That's interesting. things that don't matter. Like just she would just lie to lie. And even as a teenager, she had a reputation for being a liar, an embellisher. And she also had a reputation for always needing to have a boyfriend, always having a boy in her life. She just couldn't seem to bear to stay single. And she always had to be getting attention from a male. So by the time she was due to graduate from Colonial High School, her parents were excited to start planning a little graduation party for Casey, as many parents do. So they're asking Casey, hey, what are the details for the school graduation ceremony? Because we haven't gotten any information. And Casey couldn't give them a straight answer. So they actually called the school. And it was then that they found out Casey would not be graduating because she was failing all of her classes. So she ended up having to drop out of high school, one half of a credit short of being eligible to graduate with her class. So she drops out, and she gets a job working for Kodak at Universal Studios in 2004. So she was one of those people that would take pictures of, you know, people on rides and then sell the pictures, you know, like Mm -hmm. at an amusement park. So in January of 2005, Casey meets a guy at work named Jesse Grund. But around that same time, before she met Jesse, Casey became pregnant. She didn't tell Jesse or her parents that she was pregnant. But she did confide confide in a friend at one point that she didn't want to keep the baby and thought about giving the baby up for adoption. So by the time summer rolls around, Casey's about seven months pregnant and her extended family is beginning to notice that she's pregnant. But Casey would tell anyone who asked that she had female problems and that her belly was distended because of that, like a big ovarian cyst.
0: Man, at the beginning of this episode, when you we were talking about we all know somebody who lies, I I feel like everybody went to school with somebody who, like, faked having cancer or faked a pregnancy or something mm-hmm. like that. And so that's what I thought of, and then crazy you go this route with it.
1: Yeah, and she is one of those people who ends up taking it to an extreme. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean is, like, she kind of reminds you of somebody, but she's, like, the, the extra strength version of that. Mm-hmm. So in June... Casey and her parents go to Casey, Uncle, Casey's Uncle Rick's wedding in Myrtle Beach. And everyone at the wedding is asking, who's this pregnant girl? When does she do? When does Casey do? I didn't even know she was pregnant. And there's even a picture of Casey in a blue dress. She's obviously showing. And yet her mom is denying it to everyone, saying, oh, no, Casey's not pregnant. She's just putting on weight. Casey told her mom there's no way she could be pregnant because she's never even had sex. Oh, man. But finally, as her due date creeps closer and closer, she had no choice but to finally come clean to her parents, who forced Casey to see a doctor. She physically could not hide it anymore. And obviously, the end result is going to be a baby. So like, how are you going to keep lying about this?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So at this time, she's eight months pregnant, and her parents are insisting she keep the baby and Kaylee Marie Anthony was born August 9th of 2005. Kaylee was an exceptionally bright kid and during her short life she loved things like Dora the Explorer but she especially loved Winnie the Pooh. She could count up to 40 in Spanish. Not even 3 yet. Holy crap. She'd
0: I can't even count to 40. <laughs> in, Spanish. in English? Oh, in Spanish. okay. Thank God.
1: Yeah. Okay. Just had to check. Yeah. Hilarious. So (laughs) she loved books. And her favorite book was one called Supper Time for Frida Fuzzy Paws. And she'd heard the book so many times that she memorized the story. And there's a viral video of it, of her reading it to um, her grandpa, who she affectionately called Papa. And she was very social. She was outgoing. She loved her mom. Friends recalled times when they were together just how attached Kaylee was to her mom. And that if Casey would leave a room to go to the bathroom, for example, Kaylee would get really upset. So at this time, Casey's living with her parents and she is still in a relationship with Jesse who she ends up telling him that he's the father of Kaylee. And Jesse accepts baby Kaylee as his own and everything seems fine until there is a paternity test that proves Jesse is not the father. So... Jesse's not the father so Casey tells her parents Kaylee's father actually died in a car accident and that his name was Eric Baker or maybe it was Michael Dugan or Brandon Rogalia she's not really sure oh
0: my gosh really
1: and yes these are names she told multiple people that she thought were the father of Kaylee she told different people different names so we don't really know anything about him actually other than that he died in a car accident and how convenient isn't austin seeing that you can't get dna from a dead guy and how convenient is it that all the named suitors
0: all died in a car accidents
1: all died in car accidents separate car accidents but now maybe her parents won't continue asking her who the dad is and maybe she'll get sympathy from people if she says yeah i'm a single mom her dad died in a car accident Cause that's like her MO is to just lie to get attention. Wow. So at this point though, it doesn't even matter because George and Cindy are head over heels in love with baby Kaylee. And so is Jesse. And how great is that in December on new year's Eve, Kaylee was just a few months old and Jesse proposes to Casey and it seems like things could really turn around in the right direction for Casey now going from being a high school dropout single mom to finding happiness and a man willing to accept her and her daughter and to make this deal even sweeter Casey's best friend at the time Annie was dating Jesse's friend and Casey's friend from high school Dante Salati and these, this couple of couples would go out together and hang out at Jesse's apartment or at Dante's apartment, which happened to be at the Sawgrass Apartments, and I want you to remember that, okay? Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, Dante and Annie called off their engagement, and around the same time, Jesse and Casey called theirs off too because Jesse says Casey was very needy and jealous of how much he loved Kaylee and felt like he loved Kaylee more than he loved her.
0: Who would ever say that about their daughter? Like, who would ever be jealous because I, I think you love my daughter more than me?
1: I mean, is that not what you want? Don't you want someone that you're with to love your kids just as much, if not more, than you do? Like, right. I don't know. But this was a common theme for Casey, feeling like those close to her loved Kaylee more than her. When Kaylee was born, Casey wasn't the first person to hold Kaylee. Her mom, Cindy, was. A precious moment between a mother and a daughter was essentially taken from Casey. And for that, I do kind of feel sorry for her. I don't feel sorry for her for many things. But as a mother, I do think that would probably feel really unfair. And in addition to that, Cindy was so head over heels for Kaylee... I think Casey sometimes felt resentment for the love Kaylee received since she didn't get that herself. And Cindy, it's even been reported that Cindy would refer to herself as mom sometimes, like Hmm. to Kaylee, that Cindy was Kaylee's mom and Casey really didn't like that. But this was just the beginning of tensions over Kaylee. And we will touch more later on in this episode. But speaking of tensions, a week before Jesse and Casey became engaged, George filed for divorce from Cindy. And in the 18-page file, it was revealed that George and Cindy were separated at the time, and George was unemployed due to a knee injury. So he was requesting alimony from Cindy, who was now working as a clinical manager at a medical facility in Orlando. He also declared that he wanted to sell the home and split half the assets, but they were able to eventually work things out, and he ended up withdrawing the petition in November of 2007. But I point that out just to kind of give you an idea of what life is like at the Anthony home. Mm-hmm. So by the time that they worked things out, Jesse and Casey were kind of off and on too. But during a time that they were on, Jesse described a, a, a weekend. They were hanging out at his place, watching football after a couple nights in a row of partying at a few clubs. So it was a Sunday and he said they were both pretty hungover. So they were just taking it easy. They were sitting on the couch and Casey had her legs on top of his. And as he got up from the couch, he went to move Casey's legs. And right as he did that, she started seizing in what he assumed was a grand mal seizure. He said it didn't last long, but that her lips did turn a little blue. So I point that out because you can't fake that. Mm -hmm. So 911 was called and she was taken to the hospital. She was cleared of having any kind of brain tumor or epilepsy. She believed it was because of all the Red Bull she would drank that weekend. But while they were at the hospital, George pulled Jesse aside and told him, look, you're a great guy. You treat Casey so well. You treat Kaylee so well. But you deserve better than Casey. She's not a good person. She needs help. Her own dad said that to her boyfriend. And even Jesse recognized that something in her had changed and that she wasn't the same person he fell in love with prior, but that he still wanted to be at least friends with her so that he could be a part of Kaylee's life. So just a personal insert here, because this is really coming from my own opinion, but her having a seizure makes me think that there was more than just drinking going on or that maybe drinking was going on in excess. And there's various reports. There's some people that say she hung out with a crowd that did drugs. And there's some people that say, no, she never messed with that stuff. Um, So I've been really open about my my upbringing and like having a mom who was an alcoholic. And there was a time that I was shopping with my mom and out of nowhere, she fell to the floor and had a seizure in the middle of a mall because she hadn't had a drink in like 48 hours and it was from alcohol withdrawal. Mm -hmm. So it just makes me wonder if this seizure that Casey had was a result of a withdrawal of some kind or could it have been from just drinking too much Red Bull? Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure the it's, cause is there somewhere. It's in either fair way, to
0: provoke the thought,
1: though. yeah. And it, I mean, having a seizure out of nowhere is not just a natural, normal occurrence unless you have a, a diagnosis. So I just wanted to point that out. But. Moving on. In April of 2006, Casey is fired from her job at Universal Studios, but she doesn't tell anyone and she continues to act like she still works there. So one day her parents ask just out of curiosity, hey, who is watching Kaylee while you're at work? And Casey tells them, oh, it's this nanny. Her name is Zanny. Zanny the nanny. Short for Zanida Fernandez. Gonzalez Zanida. Zanida Fernandez-Gonzalez. Olay. She's Puerto Rican and black mixed together. She's about 5'7", a buck 40, and she has brown hair. She's from New York. She has a couple roommates. Their names are Raquel Farah and Jennifer Rosa. Like, she literally has all these details. These are details that she provided. I didn't just come up with this. I was
0: wondering if you were, like, just describing her or if this is what she said. No,
1: this is stuff that she has said to describe Zanida. Okay. But you know what it just reminds me of? And I know you don't really watch The Office, but there's a scene in The Office when Michael is just coming back to Dunder Mifflin after starting his own paper company, and the employees who stayed at Dunder Mifflin during the reign of Michael Scott Paper Company are conspiring to form a mutiny against Michael, Pam, and Ryan. So they come back up from the warehouse after devising a plan, and Michael's like, hey, where you guys been? After he was warned by Jim that they were having this secret meeting. And Andy's like, we were out to lunch. I had the salmon salad with water, no ice. I was going to get a soda, but the waitress talked me out of it. Her name <laughs> was Flo. She had black hair. Anyway, that is just yeah. like how I imagine Casey Anthony is as a liar. And like how her parents never caught on to her bullshit is beyond me. And we will touch on that later on in this series but that I'm writing. Just word
0: vomited about, about Danny the nanny.
1: It's she word vomits so often, like she would do it during their jailhouse, like interrogations, interviews, phone calls. So I have to imagine this is what she was like outside of that too. She mm-hmm. just, it's just the way she talks. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they ask her how she met this Zanny person, and she says, "Oh, my friend Jeffrey Michael Hopkins is a bigwig over at Nickelodeon." He makes a lot of money. He used to date Zanny, and they don't date anymore, but Zanny babysits his son, Zachary, and he has so generously offered to pay Zanny to watch both Zachary and Kaylee together, and they play all the time. It's the most perfect situation.
0: Yeah, this is weird.
1: So why would she lie about Zanny the nanny? Because otherwise, she'd have to come clean about getting fired from Universal Studios. So I think it was just easier for her to lie than it was for her to admit the truth that she got fired and then feel embarrassed or get chastised from her parents about losing her job and having to find a new one. So instead, she lied about Zanny, or at least that is my theory, and I think that is just the story of Casey's life. She hated the truth, so she would rather tell a lie. It really is that simple. So
0: in reality though, where is Kay? Like
1: every day? She yes, so I'm glad you asked. In reality, she was hanging out at her boyfriend's house. So Jesse's Parents, She would go to their house. And Jesse's dad actually worked from home. And there was often times that Casey and or Kaylee would be there. And he was like, hey, this is a problem. Like I'm working from home and I get very distracted when Kaylee is here. And so that paired with Casey's parents asking like where does Kaylee go when you're at work? Mm-hmm. You know, she's lying to her parents saying she's at work when she's really at Jesse's parents' house. she's fired. Correct. So she's not working period. So she's telling her parents that she's working when she's really just hanging out at Jesse's parents' house with Kaylee, or she's leaving Kaylee there and doing whatever she wants, you know, with her free time, going shopping or just hanging out or doing whatever and telling her parents, oh, I'm at work, but Kaylee's being taken care of by this nanny.
0: And who is she telling this Annie the nanny thing to? Both.
1: Both. She ends up telling both. She initially tells just her parents because her parents are like, "Who's watching Kaylee while you're, or Kay, yeah, Kaylee while you're working?" And then whenever it becomes a problem for Jesse's parents or Jesse's dad specifically, she's like, "Oh, don't worry about it. I have a nanny lined up, and I'll just start taking her there." But in reality, she's just bouncing back from both places, lying about where she's at when she's away from both places. Okay. It's confusing. But if you can try to follow it, I mean, it's just a tangled web. It's like her whole life story. So from 2006 to 2007, Casey and Jesse are pretty much over, but they're still trying to be friends. And Casey's dating a plethora of guys for very short periods of time. And I use the term dates loosely because she's in contact with multiple suitors and many of them overlap. But this corroborates reports of her in high school always needing a boyfriend, always needing a guy in her life. In June of 2007, Casey Casey meets Ricardo Morales at their mutual friend Troy's house. So they started dating in February of 08, but it only lasted a couple months, and they decided to just be friends. And then in May of 2008, Casey meets a guy on Facebook named Tony Lazaro. Tony Lazaro is who remains her boyfriend for the remainder of this story. So Tony was originally from Long Island, but he was living in Orlando while he was going to Full Sail University. The two hit it off and started dating. Casey introduced him to Kaylee, and they would spend time together at Tony's apartment. Tony also had a roommate at the time named Roy House, who goes by the name Clint, so Clint would be there sometimes as well. And if you follow me on TikTok, I actually just stitched a TikTok of his. Um because Clint is just a trip man. Like he's in every documentary you'll ever find about Casey Anthony in this case. Like he you can tell he just wants to be in front of the camera. He wants to talk about this story.
0: soaking up his fame.
1: Yes. And Now he's on TikTok saying, when I tell you guys this documentary coming out, it's going to blow your freaking minds. Except he actually uses the F-bomb like multiple times. Um, And so now it's like, wait a second, you've been on probably eight to 10 documentaries on various news channels saying, oh, Casey's not the person I thought she was. Like who would leave her child and not look for her for 31 days and this and that. And now you're like, I don't know, man. I think what she's saying might be legit. You cannot be that dumb. But I think it's just a, maybe it's a desire to stay in front of the camera. I don't know. Sounds
0: like it. Yeah. Needs his fame.
1: So Clint was Tony's roommate. Okay. So he would be there often when Casey and, or Kaylee was there. They would, so Casey, Kaylee, and Tony would go down to the pool and they'd swim together. They would watch Dora together. And then when Kaylee wasn't around, they would party at nightclubs where Tony was working as a promoter and he was aspiring to become a DJ. (coughs) Excuse me. One of their favorite spots was a club called Fusion. So it was like an Asian restaurant by day, like a sushi restaurant by day, and then like a lounge by night. Mm -hmm. So it's this place called Fusion. And as their relationship progressed, they spent more and more time together and going out and promoting at these clubs and less and less time with Kaylee around. But Casey always reassured him that she was either with her parents or the babysitter, Zanny. And it's also at this time that Casey is planning a trip to Puerto Rico with a group of friends. So they were supposed to leave for this Puerto Rico trip mid-July and stay with one of the friends, um, like one of the friends' family down in Puerto Rico. And this group was going to be Casey, Ricardo Morales, her close friend, Amy Hazenga, who was actually living with Ricardo at the time, and Troy Brown. But Casey never ended up going on this trip to Puerto Rico. And on June 16th, that is where we will start episode two or part two of this series what the
0: hell this was all like background info
1: (laughs) exactly I, I I know but it's a lot and it's important and we're already 35 minutes in and I want to make sure that I devote time to each series of like each part of this series because Austin it is so important to understand the background and how Casey was raised, how she acted before Kaylee ever went missing. Mm-hmm. Part two is going to be 31 days. We are going to get it recorded soon. I'm going to have it finished I'm going to have it written. Well, I love how
0: thorough this is, but you roped me in. I feel like we roped everybody else, and we got to have this thing out like back to back.
1: I know. And trust me, Austin, I'm almost done writing it. We're going to get it done soon. Get to work. I'm going to get to work. But the next part of this series is going to be titled 31 Days. And I'm going to tell you every day what happened from June 16th to July 15th. Okay. That is going to be an essential part of this series.
0: And when did the, when did the, Uh, When did Kaylee, like the murder of Kaylee happen?
1: June 16th of 2008.
0: Okay, so you're going to watch the 31 following days.
1: Yes, it's going to be everything that happened that day, the day she was allegedly killed. Well, I mean, she was killed and we believe it was on that day.
0: And when does her bullshit documentary come out?
1: The 29th. It'll be before that. Okay,
0: so we'll have all this info before so then we can watch the documentary.
1: And be like, no. You're full of shit because I listened to mama mysteries series on this whole thing. And she told me all the facts backed up by phone records and affidavits and discovery from the trial and you're full of shit. Yeah.
0: Okay. Kelly had to get blu-ray blockers, blu-ray. Yeah. Blu-ray blue ray blue light, blue light blockers to, uh, to be able to continue this, or she was gonna have headaches all day, every day. Oh my god,
1: I gave myself such a headache. I mean, I put it on Instagram, I had like a million tabs open because I'm looking at all these different sources to put all these pieces together in a good, concise, like uh consecutive order. Like I wanted to get a good timeline from start to finish so you guys can follow me through the entire thing.
0: Okay, so this is the background. The next one's the thirty-one days. Correct. Okay. See you soon. Mama, mystery out.
1: Bye.